Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. Well, today's a good day. I'm glad you guys are here today. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. It's good to be here today to worship together with you. Uh, my name is Greg Clark, uh, one of the pastors here. I'm going to tell you my story in just a moment about uh, prayer retreat. Uh, but first, I want to tell you a, a quick little story about Mother Teresa. You guys know who Mother Teresa is? Uh, she's passed away now. She's with Jesus. Uh, but she was a nun who lived uh, kind of in, in some of the poorest places of the world, uh, did some amazing world, uh, work in proclaiming the, the Word of God. And she made a, a rare television appearance on 60 Minutes. Mostly she, she hated talking about herself. She hated doing any kind of public publicity or anything like that, but she was on 60 Minutes one time, and the interviewer asked her, uh, when you pray, what do you say to God? And Mother Teresa said, I don't say anything, I listen. Well, that's good, hey? As she was referring to a stage of prayer that sadly many followers of Jesus never step into. But for those who do, it's this whole other dimension of our, our life with God. We're in the middle of a series on prayer. This is week three. We've already spoken about um, what, it, what it looks like to, to talk to God, what it looks like to talk with God. And today we're talking about what it, what it looks like to listen to God. Next week we're going to be talking about being with God. Uh, but today we're talking about listening to God. So while I was away at uh, this prayer retreat uh, this last week, it was, it was fantastic, had a really great time. It was a good chance to, to spend time in worship. We had a speaker there. The speaker was, a, was an amazing speaker. We ate some good food. Of course, we got to be in the middle of the mountains, which was wonderful. But here was my favorite part, and I liked what was being shared already. Pastor Amy shared about how she was able to go and speak to a couple of counselors uh, who, who were able to, to talk with her, and she was able to share some things, which was really cool. Pastor Nate shared about um, being able to, to receive some words uh, from some people, and that was kind of my favorite part as well. So there were people there. So in that kind of an atmosphere, a bunch of pastors around, uh, we were kind of all, you know, our, our antennas are up for what Jesus is speaking to us. And a lot of people are sharing uh, scriptures or words or pictures with each other. And so people prayed for me. I got a chance to pray for a bunch of people. It was really exciting to see how God used those things uh, to really further his kingdom, to encourage us, to build us up. There's one, uh, one gentleman I was, I was speaking with. So I, I have a friend who, for some reason, every time we're at these kind of events, he always grabs me and says, Greg, come here. Um, I've got some friends. I want you to pray for them. So he can also pray for them, but he, he usually gets me to pray for his friends because his friends maybe don't listen to him as much. So he pulled me over there, and uh, I prayed for this, this couple that I hardly know at all. I've seen them before, but I hardly know them at all. And as I'm praying for them, they're just stone-faced, right? Not No emotion, no nothing as I'm, I'm praying for them. And I'm like, I feel like maybe the Lord might be speaking this and test this, see what you think. And I shared these couple of things, and they just were stone-faced, no emotion whatsoever. I'm like, all right, well, amen, we'll see you later. And I left. 
And, and the next day, my friend came up to me and said, that was amazing, that was amazing. We spent two and a half hours debriefing your two-minute prayer for this couple. They were so moved, and I'm like, seriously? They did not look moved at all. He goes, well, that's just kind of who they are. But they were so moved by what God was speaking to them through you. So that was my favorite part of prayer retreat, was just getting a chance to be prayed for and pray for others. And, uh, and it was all about this idea of listening to Jesus and then sharing what he was speaking to me or what he's speaking to other people for me, just listening to Jesus and sharing what we are hearing from Jesus. Now, now, maybe this isn't your practice yet. Maybe you don't do this. Maybe you don't spend time and you're listening to Jesus and then, and then speaking Jesus' words to somebody else. That, that might seem kind of strange. It might be something that maybe draws some, some caution or some fear or trepidation for you. But we need to talk about this because learning to hear God's voice, not just for ourselves, but also for other people, is one of the most important things we can do as disciples of Jesus. Jesus talks about this in John chapter 10. So in context, we've spoken about John chapter 10 here before. This is the, the part where Jesus gives this illustration of the shepherd and the sheep. Now in context, John chapter 10 comes after John chapter 9. Now that seems super obvious, but sometimes when we're reading the Bible, those chapter breaks are not our friends. Because what happens is we get to the end of reading John chapter 9, and then we put our Bible away for the night, and the next day we pull out our Bible and we start reading John chapter 10 as if it's a brand new day. But, but oftentimes in the Bible, John, the, the chapters go together as one sequence of events. So John chapter 9 and John chapter 10 are side by side, and it's the same storyline. There's no break between the two. There's no, you know, they go to sleep and they wake up, and then it's John 10. They, they go from one to the other. And in John chapter 9, Jesus heals a blind man. There's all this rigmarole that happens with the Pharisees. And at the end of John chapter 9, Jesus basically tells the Pharisees, that they are blinder than the blind man. So that's the beginning of John chapter 10, as Jesus begins to speak to his disciples and to the Pharisees about what it is like to follow after him. So in John 9, the Pharisees are blinder than the blind man, and John 10, Jesus starts to talk about listening. So he goes from seeing to listening. So here's what Jesus says. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they did not, do not recognize a stranger's voice. So it's, it's an amazing story. If you're reading this whole story from start to finish, first he heals this blind man, and, and the Pharisees tells, tells the Pharisees, you're as blind or blinder than the blind man was, and then he begins to talk about listening. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. For Jesus, discipleship is not about learning great amounts of theology, it's not about following all the rules or commandments. It's not really what the Pharisees are doing. That's what the Pharisees had that down. They had all the rules and the regulations. They had all that down. But for Jesus, discipleship is interactive. It's dynamic. It's living. It's a relationship. 
Disciples need to listen to their master's voice. We need to listen to our master's voice. Now, this idea of prayer as listening, uh, as listening to God, it didn't start here in John chapter 10. It's, it's age old. It's actually a theme that goes throughout the entirety of the Bible. Now, we talk about the Lord's Prayer already in this series because the Lord's Prayer is this fantastic opportunity for followers of Jesus to pray a prayer that Jesus taught. But there's a prayer that is much older than the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that Jesus himself would have grown up praying. He would have prayed it regularly. In fact, for over a thousand years before Jesus was around, uh, the, the Hebrew people anchored themselves in this prayer. They prayed this prayer three times a day. If you've ever seen pictures of, of uh, really Jewish people, like, like people who are, who are like Hasidic Jews or people who are really following after the, the Jewish religion, you'll sometimes see that they've got little black boxes tied to their forehead. If you've ever seen this, there's a little black prayer box they tie to their forehead. Or if you've seen a Jewish person leave their house or come home again, they'll often kiss their, their doorpost as they go out. And I've, I always wonder, like I, I used to always wonder, what do they do? Why are they kissing their doorpost? What, what's going on? Well, here, here's what's happening. There's a little prayer that they pray, and they write it down on a little piece of paper, and they'll, they'll put it in, their, in this little box on their head, or they'll bind it up onto their doorpost, and they'll, they'll recognize it every time they walk past the, the doorpost. And here's the prayer that they are praying three times a day. It's called the Shema. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and here's how it goes. It, it, in, in Hebrew, it's Shema Yisrael, which is the beginning of this prayer. But it's, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That first word, Shema, is a word that in, in the passage we just read is translated as hear. Uh, but it also can be translated as obey, listen, heed, or pay attention. This prayer is our Heavenly Father speaking to His children, pay attention to what I'm about to say, listen to what I am saying to you, obey these words. The Shema became the center point of all of Israel's prayer life. In fact, when Jesus was asked what is the most important commandment in all of Scripture, this is what he points back to. It's the Shema in Matthew chapter 22. The greatest commandment begins with the Shema. This is, this is what Jesus points back to. For Jesus to listen and obey, to pay attention to what his Father is speaking to him, is the single most important thing in his life and for us as well. For us to listen to Jesus, the words of God, is one of the most important things in our Christian discipleship. Now, sometimes we have mixed feelings about this word obey. We say the word obey, and, and maybe not for you, but for some people, it kind of bristles a little bit. When I say obedience or obey, that type of thing, we kind of bristle a little bit. But a disciple is one who listens to their master, listens to their leader, and does what that person is telling them to do. A disciple listens and obeys. In fact, in Jesus' final words to his disciples in Matthew chapter 28 is this. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. That, that's, that's kind of what they're supposed to be doing. Go and make disciples of all nations. But the question is how? How do I make disciples of all nations? Well, Jesus goes on. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father 
and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Obedience is central to discipleship. It makes no sense for a disciple to listen and then do whatever they want. Disciples are meant to listen and obey. While learning to hear Jesus' voice is one of the great tasks of a disciple, learning to obey his voice is an even greater task. To do this, we must come to believe that obedience is not an obstacle on the path to a fulfilled life. Obedience is the path to a fulfilled life. See, in that same passage about Jesus, the shepherd, and the sheep, Jesus says this. He says uh, in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, this, this is partnered together. The having life to the full is partnered together with sheep that know the voice of their master and follow their master. Obedience leads us to the fullness of life as Jesus gives fullness of life to those who listen and obey. For those who have difficulty with obedience, it may also help to be thinking of, of what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing for us, that he is giving us fullness of life. I remember I've, I gave this quote out a while back. I didn't realize it was Theodore Roosevelt that said it, but I, I said this quote once before. But Theodore Roosevelt once said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. See, we trust that Jesus wants to give us a, a, a fullness of life. And when we trust that Jesus wants to give us fullness of life, we begin to be drawn in to him. We begin to be drawn in. We, we, have, we have a higher degree of, of hope and joy and peace, and we lean into listening and obeying. It's his kindness that draws us to repentance. It's, it's his goodness that draws us to listen to him and obey. Now, many people only attempt to listen to God's voice when they're kind of up against the, in, in a corner, when they're stuck when they're fearful of what's to come, when they're afraid of, of a major decision that's about to happen or something like that, that, that's kind of when we really focus down. We're going to listen to Jesus when really the, the, the bad stuff hits the, the fan. When all seems lost, that's when we'll listen to Jesus because we think that somehow we're going to get like this divine fortune cookie. Uh, th this opportunity that, that's like, like, uh, like going to a fortune teller is going to tell us what's going to happen so we can have some kind of a peace about what's about to happen in our life. But our goal in listening to God's voice is not to get this kind of, this, this promise of what's to come. Our, our, our goal in listening to God's voice is to connect with God, to be in Him, to develop relationship with Him. We don't need to know necessarily what's coming down the road or what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't need to have all of this knowledge about what tomorrow will bring if we know the person who holds tomorrow in his hands. If we know the God who is in charge of all of the possible possibilities that are to come, if we know the God who is in charge of all the things that are going to happen in our life, if we know him, that's where our trust and hope and faith sits. So listening to Jesus is not about him giving us some kind of an idea of what's going to happen tomorrow. Our goal in listening to Jesus is to spend time with him. Now, this, it's possible that we will get some kind of an idea of what's going to happen tomorrow. But our main goal is relationship and intimacy with our creator. We're called to listen. We're called to obey. We're called to press in to relationship.
So the question for us today, as we are looking into this, as we are, we are drawing near to Jesus, the question for us is, how do we hear God's voice? Well, how do we do this? Well, there's no one-size-fits-all formula for hearing God's voice, because God comes to us uniquely. It's one of the things that I love the most about Jesus, is that he comes to us uniquely, based upon our, our own set of personality, background, stages of life. Uh, he comes to us and, and speaks to us. Uh, sometimes he, he speaks to us kind of in this way, where we feel this, this presence of Jesus. We feel this, this hope, this joy. Sometimes we, we're reading scripture and something is illuminated to us. Sometimes he's speaking to us this way. Sometimes he's speaking to us that way. It's just kind of this, this amazing hodgepodge of different ways that Jesus speaks to us. And in fact, if you're not, um, if this is not your normal practice and you're not used to Jesus speaking to you, you might think that Jesus never speaks to you. Or you may have been trying for a long time and you think, I don't ever hear God's voice. It's, it's funny to me. Um, I find a lot of times I'll be meeting with someone who says, I've never heard God's voice before. And I'll say, what are you talking about? Just last week, as you and I were talking, God spoke through you. They're like, well, I didn't even realize it. You see, many of us hear God's voice on a regular basis, but we don't ever recognize his voice. God is always speaking, but oftentimes it's not in the way that we think he's going to speak. So I hope today, as we talk about some of the ways that God speaks to us, all of a sudden we begin to realize that it's not just one way that God speaks to us. God often speaks to us in a myriad of different ways. So we're going to look at six ways that God speaks to us. Now, this list is not exhaustive. Because God speaks to us, like I said, in a lot of different unique ways. But here's six ways that he does speak to us. So God speaks to us through Jesus, through Scripture, through circumstances, through desire, through the prophetic, and through listening prayer. So we're going to start with Jesus. And I'm just going to touch on each one of these very briefly, okay, very briefly. Uh, if you want more information about this, you're going to have to do a little more digging. You're going to have to do some work on your own, or you can come chat with one of us pastors or an elder, or just grab the person next to you and ask, uh, ask them to tell you how God speaks to them, because I'm just going to touch on these briefly. But in uh, speaking about Jesus, how God speaks to us through Jesus, in Hebrews chapter 1, here's what the author of Hebrew writes. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, Jesus is called the Word. In fact, in many places in the New Testament, when we see the word, the word, it's speaking about Jesus. Now, in, in modern Christianity, when we talk about the word, we often talk about the Bible. But did you know that the Bible almost never speaks about itself as the word? The Bible almost always, when, it, when the Bible says the word, it is almost always speaking about Jesus. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. So when we think about the word, we're thinking about a person. We're thinking about a person. We're thinking about Jesus Jesus is the Word of God. Hearing God's voice begins and ends with Jesus. All of the ways that God communicates to us come either through Jesus or point to Jesus. Jesus is at the center point of all of God's creation. Jesus is the center of everything. He is the greatest message that God has ever spoken to us. We need to get to know the presence of Jesus because He is the Word of God. 
And so we have to ask ourselves, how do we get to know the presence of Jesus? How do we get to know him better? Well, our primary way of getting to know Jesus is through the written word, the scriptures. And that's actually our second way of hearing God's voice is the scriptures. So we'll speak briefly about the scriptures as well. The Bible is the written word of God. Some of it is uh, direct words, uh, God spoke or, or Jesus spoke. Some of you have a red letter Bible. So in the Gospels, whenever Jesus speaks, the letters are red instead of black. Now, actually, those words aren't any more important than the other words because of all of God's word is God-inspired. Uh, the Holy Spirit led people to write down God's thoughts and principles and stories. Uh, but some of, the, some of Scripture are God's direct words or Jesus' direct words. Other parts of Scripture are the stories and the principles and the teachings that God led people to write about. So Paul and, and uh, different people like that wrote other parts of Scripture as the Spirit led them along. But all of the Bible whether they're direct quotes from God or inspired teachings. All the Bible is inspired and is useful for us. It's a way that we can hear and obey the Word of God. The Dutch theologian Herman Bavink said, Holy Scripture is not an arid story or ancient chronicle, but the ever-living, eternally youthful Word, which God now and always issues to His people. It is the eternally ongoing speech of God to us. Now, there's lots of ways that we can approach Scripture. We can do Bible studies. We can just read. We can meditate. We can do all kinds of things as we approach Scriptures. Uh, but one way that I'm going I'm to teach you about today that you actually already know about is uh, a way that, that monks taught a long time ago. They developed a way of hearing God's voice, which is called Lectio Divina. It's a Latin phrase which means spiritual reading. And we've done that here before. We've done that for a bunch of our, our prayer and worship days. But Lectio Divina is where you read a short passage of Scripture, slowly and quietly and prayerfully. The point is not to try to read whole books of the Bible all at once. It's to focus in on maybe half a chapter at the most and to spend time slowly reading this portion of Scripture. It's different from, from Bible study because in Bible study, we're really kind of digging in to what does this text mean to the original audience? How do we apply it to our life now? In Lectio Divina, we're allowing the Spirit to illuminate a portion of Scripture, a word, a sentence, a paragraph, something in that Scripture. We're asking the question, God, how, how are you speaking to me specifically in this text? Now, we have to be careful here not to manipulate the Bible. We're not asking for a new meaning. We're asking the Holy Spirit to highlight some aspect of the original meaning, which can then be directly to applied to our own stories. It's like when Pastor Nate had a, a word delivered to him by a stranger, a word delivered to him by his dad, and then the pastor, the, the speaker for the week, got up and read a Psalm, was it Psalm 69? He's not in here anymore, but read a, a Psalm, and that Psalm spoke directly to those, to what God was already speaking to Pastor Nate. Now, God wasn't speaking possibly that message to every single person in the room. The Holy Spirit highlighted something in that psalm specifically for, for Pastor Nate. Now, he might have highlighted something different for other people in the room, but that was highlighted specifically for Pastor Nate. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about Lectio Divina, that we're asking God, highlight something specifically in this passage for me. Now, a lot of people, once they've, they've, uh, they've, listen to Jesus and they've listened to uh, the scriptures, they kind of stop. They're like, that's as far as I'm going to go in hearing God's voice. 
I, I once heard someone say, if you want to hear God speak, read the Bible. If you want to hear God speak audibly, read the Bible out loud. Now, that's catchy. It's, it sounds fun. It's catchy. It's not true. Uh, and it disregards the relational and revelatory nature of our God. God speaks to us sometimes not just through Scripture. Sometimes He speaks to us through His Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through a lot of different ways. God wants to relate to us, and He loves revealing His presence. Our God has always been a God that has been speaking. He's always been a God that's been speaking. From the very beginning, when we look at the creation story, the way that God created is He spoke things into being. And all the way through the Old Testament, God spoke to the prophets, God spoke to his people, God spoke all over the place. And even into the New Testament, God continued to speak. He revealed Jesus Christ who came and walked this earth and spoke and people spoke and all over the place from the beginning to the end of time, our God is a speaking God. He continues to speak. To speak. And even though some people believe that God has gone silent in these days and the only way we can hear God's voice is by reading his written word, even though some people believe that, the truth is God continues to speak to his children. Of course, all the other ways that God speaks to us are dependent on Scripture. There's nothing that God would ever say to us that contradicts what he's already written. So nothing in all of his speech is going to contradict what he's written because God is consistent and he's true. And and, and in fact, Scripture is a good way for us to understand whether or not a word that comes from a different direction is actually God's word or not. But God does speak to us in ways other than directly from Scripture. And so we're going to speak about some of those ways now. So the next way we're going to talk about is how God speaks to us sometimes through circumstances. Now, this is an area where there is a wide spectrum of Christian thought. Does God have complete sovereignty, meaning that everything that happens is because God has made it to happen? Or is God more hands-off and everything happens not because God wants it to happen, but because of our choices or, or other people's choices or people messing things up or just plain luck of the draw? Which of those two things are true? Well, it's somewhere in the middle where God is active and our choices matter. And in the end, we see Jesus show up in some of the circumstances of life. We sometimes have a day where we need to experience God's presence. All of a sudden, in in the physical world, the the clouds shift and the sun comes through and we're like, okay, well, thank you, Jesus, for showing up. I heard a story one time of a guy who went to a spiritual retreat and he wanted to to have a terrible time. He went to the spiritual retreat and he he said, God, I'm not going to listen to you at all this whole time. I've been sent here because I have to go here. So I'm going to go to the spiritual retreat and I'm not going to listen to you. So the whole time he walked around on the grounds of the spiritual retreat center with his head straight down. And God kept showing, all these little flowers were breaking through the rocks as he walked on the sidewalk. And he, kept, he, he couldn't help but see that, God, that life was breaking through. And in this, this story, as he's looking down and seeing God breaking through with these flowers through the cracks, he's weeping because it's like, God, I don't want to listen to your voice. But all over the place, God is reaching out to him. There are circumstances in our life that reveal to us who God is and his character. Things that happen in our day. We get, we get this strange phone call from somebody all of a sudden who just happened to be thinking about us one day. And it's right at the moment that we needed this phone call to happen. There are circumstances in our life that show us that God is good, that show us that he cares about us, show us that he loves us. And there's different circumstances in our life that reveal to us the nature and character of God. It's been said that God comes to us disguised 
as our life. And we know this is very subjective. We know that one person can see that when the clouds break and the sun comes through, they can experience the love of God, and somebody else can be like, ah, it's not God's love that just happened because the sun broke through, and it's just a circumstance. It just happens. But God does speak to us as he breaks through into our life in many different circumstances. Learning to discern if and how God is coming to us through these events or some of the non-events of our life is a key part of learning to hear God's voice. It's subjective, of course. We can't read a lot into it, but God often reveals his character and his nature to us through circumstances. A fourth way that we can hear God's voice is through desire. One of the ways we discern God's voice is by listening, both carefully and critically, to to the desires of our heart. Now, there's room for caution here, of course. Uh, Most of our secular culture tells us that we're supposed to be true to ourselves that we're supposed to just follow our hearts and that our hearts will lead us to happiness. But this is like a a half-truth at best. The writers of the Bible have a far more sophisticated view of desire. They tell us that our heart is complex, uh, full of both beauty and ugliness, light and shadow. And of course, we know some of our desires, if left unchecked, would lead us over a cliff to ruin. But other desires are actually God at work deep within our heart. So while it's true what Jeremiah 17, 9 says, which we all love to quote, that the heart can be desperately wicked, it's also true what Ezekiel says in Ezekiel eleven nineteen that God has given us a new undivided heart and put a new spirit within us. So of course, there is this war within us, almost between two hearts that exist at the same time. Sometimes our hearts really beat according to our Heavenly Father's heart And sometimes our hearts do beat according to that old, selfish, fleshly rhythm. We have to sift through our desires to find God's desire within us. But our desires are not always evil, neither are they always good. When we spend time with Jesus, our heart begins to feel compassionate towards those he has compassion for. Our desires begin to line up with Jesus' desires. When we're in tune with God, we begin to hear his voice through the desires he places within our hearts. Again, this is always grounded in Scripture. But we can begin to hear God's voice through our hearts beating as his. We often pray, God, break my heart for the things that break yours. God, give me eyes that see. Give me ears that hear what you're doing in this world. Help me to feel your presence in what you're doing. So we don't need to be afraid of our feelings, though we do need to be cautious in this area. But a fifth way we can hear God's voice is through prophecy, dreams, and visions. God speaks to us through other followers of Jesus, just like you heard a couple of stories today about our time at prayer retreat. In the New Testament, this falls all under the umbrella of the prophetic, and we don't need to fear the prophetic. A prophecy is not primarily predicting the future or pronouncing judgment on people. Most of what prophecy is, is is what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul said this, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Now, some of you are trained in in hearing God's voice for other people. Often it's as simple as, as allowing Jesus to speak to us and saying, God, just use my imagination, use my knowledge of Scripture, use me now to speak a word or a phrase or a Scripture or a picture uh, for this other person, to encourage them, to strengthen them, and that kind of a thing. And then what happens is the other person is then responsible to take that word that they've received 
and to ask Jesus, okay, Jesus, what are you speaking to me through this? What of this is true? What of this is not true? What can you speak to me through this? Now, sometimes people are a little leery of this kind of prophetic prayer, but I find it's all in the delivery. If you walk up to someone and say, God is telling you to do this and that and the other thing, that rarely turns out well. Rarely does it turn out well. Because honestly, when people come to me and tell me this is what God's telling me to tell you and you need to do this, I often say, that sounds wonderful. I'm sure that if this is really important and really of God, he'll also talk to me about this. So we need to be careful about how we deliver these things. Oftentimes what I will say to someone is I'll say to someone, hey, I just get a sense that maybe there's a scripture or a word or a picture or something that I'm hearing from God that might be for you. Would you mind if I shared it with you? And then we go from there. And I'll share what it is, and I share very open-handed, and I just leave it there, just like I did with that couple that were totally stonewalled. I just said, here's what I think I'm hearing. And I'm like, it didn't seem like it landed. I left the situation, and then they spent two and a half hours debriefing it. Obviously, something in that spoke to them, and as they came before the Lord and listened to him, God was speaking to them about the things that we talked about. So we need to be careful how we deliver what we think might be a prophetic word. We might be hearing wrong, we might be confused, we might not get it quite right, but we need, we need to be cautious in our delivery, but we need to not hold those things back. There's been many times that I've spoken to someone and they said, last week I felt like God had something to, to say to me for you, but I never shared it. And I'm like, why would you not do that? I'm a big boy, I can figure this stuff out. Come and talk to me and let me know what you're hearing. Sometimes as well, um, we will uh, we'll be sitting with someone. I've had this experience as well where I've been talking with someone and they're just talking to me about stuff. And all of a sudden, there feels like this weightiness comes over the words they're sharing. And the person is actually prophesying without even realizing they're prophesying. And I'm like, what you just said landed really well for me, even though you may not have realized what you just said. So sometimes we even prophesy when we don't even know that we're prophesying. But in all of this area, in all this area, we need to be very careful with how we share these things. But we need to be sharing these things and not afraid of doing so. In this category, God sometimes speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. It's all this is within the prophetic um, a prophetic realm. Okay, so when you have a dream that seems especially poignant, think about it. Write it down. Process it. Talk to your small group about it. Pray about it. See what the Lord might speak to you through it. Prophecy, dreams, and visions are another way we can hear God's voice. And the final way that we can hear God's voice, and the one we're going to spend a little bit more time on, is listening prayer, which is simply waiting quietly for God to speak into our minds or our hearts. You see, because the Holy Spirit lives within you, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives within you. And because he lives within you, God has direct access to your mind and to your heart. People often wonder, why doesn't God speak audibly? Why is there not this booming voice? We could all gather on a Sunday morning, we kind of open up the, the rooftop, and then we'd hear God download his message to us. Rooftop would close up and we'd, we'd go off on our way. It feels like sometimes that would be a whole lot easier and there's no simple answer to why God doesn't operate in this way, because he has sometimes in the Old Testament and sometimes in the New Testament operated that way. There's no simple answer as to why he doesn't operate that way all the time. But an answer is that God doesn't speak booming from heaven because he's already in you. He's already in you. He's already there intimately connected with you. And relationally, it works so much better to just speak directly to you. 
as opposed to like if your mom or dad were just every morning were to get on a microphone and just be like, today's day, this is what we're doing, da-da-da-da-da. That'd be like, this, stop doing that, mom. That's so terrible, right? But if your mom were to sit next to you and say, hey, here's what's happening today, that'd be so much more intimate and caring and kind. And I think that's why Jesus speaks to us in that way, because it's so intimate and kind. So what this looks like is sometimes we get this a thought that comes to mind. And we kind of think, God, is this you? Is this me? Is this pizza? What, what is this thought? Why am I thinking these things? And yes, it could be the Spirit of God, and yes, it could be pizza, but sometimes we just have to be able to take these things and think about them a little more. We need to test these voices, but, but God does speak to us in these gentle whispers. It's like what happened with, with Elijah in 1 Kings 19. We're not going to go into it today. You can look it up later. But in 1 Kings 19, um, God came to Elijah in a still, small voice, not a booming yell. And the Hebrew phrase, phrase translated still, small voice can also be translated gentle whisper, or even this one. I like this one quite a bit. The sound of gentle silence. God sometimes speaks to us in the sound of gentle silence. Much of developing a rich prayer life with God is learning to quiet our mind and our body as our mind is often jumpy and distracted and prone to anxiety and all kinds of things. And our world is more and more of what C.S. Lewis called a kingdom of noise. Much of prayer is learning to quiet the outer and inner noise and to sit before God and there wait for His voice. But my major point for us today is this. In all these things, in prayer, we are learning not just to speak to Jesus or with Jesus, but to listen to Jesus, to hear his voice and obey. We need to slow down our prayers and listen more. When Jesus was speaking later in that passage, in John chapter 10, he says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. We need to grow in our ability to hear God's voice, to know it's his, and to lean into him. The way that we do that is by spending time with Jesus, spending more time with Jesus. It's the same way that we learn how to, how to recognize the voice of our parents or our friends. It's by spending more time with Jesus. Jesus uses the example of sheep because in the Middle East, where Jesus is from, Shepherds and sheep spend all their time together. And the sheep know the voice of their shepherd because they are constantly spending time with their shepherd. They will not follow any other voice. They'll only follow the voice of their shepherd. So the exercises this coming week are all about learning to quiet everything else down and listen for God's voice. So there are prayer packets um, in, the, in the foyer on our, what's it called? At the table. Spiritual Help Resources. So there's a table out there that's got all kinds of resources there, but it's got the prayer guides there um, for learning how to do this. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. Um, the, the work this week is all about quieting our, our inner voices down and listening to Jesus. So it's about listening prayer. If you're not in a small group yet, get into a small group. Be great to be involved. Talk to Pastor Amy. She'd love to get you involved in a small group. If you want, uh, those prayer packets are also on our church app. You can grab those uh, and just to put it on our church app and find out more about, uh, about this prayer practice of listening prayer. 
Hearing God's voice is super important to our walk with Jesus. It's a strange thing that we follow Jesus and we read about him and we know him, but we never listen to him. So listening to Jesus is an important part in our discipleship process. We need to learn to hear his voice and obey and do what he asks us to do. So I know we're a little later today than normal. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you guys. We're going we're gonna to sing this closing song first. And then I'm going to give you a little prayer exercise that is, it is uh, optional for you. Okay? So we'll sing this closing song. And then before the benediction, I'm going to give you a prayer exercise that you can do in here if you still feel like you have time to do that in here. Um, but I'll also give the benediction if you feel like you need to get away and pick up your kids or do whatever. So why don't you stand with me here, and we'll go ahead and uh, sing this closing song together. So here's the, here's the practice, challenge, whatever it's going to be. Um, I'm going to invite you guys. I'm going to do the benediction in just a, just a moment. You can stay standing because that's fun. Um, after the benediction is done, you'll be dismissed. But I, what I want to challenge you to do is, is to grab two or three people around you and to spend some time in listening prayer. So just listen. Ask the question. I think it's, there's a question to be up here on the screen if Richie gets it up there. Awesome. So the question is just, you're just going to ask Jesus, what do you have? Okay, so what scripture, word, or picture would you have for this other person? So if you just get into groups of two or three, something like that, you're just going to ask that question. You're going to be quiet for a moment. And then if a scripture or a picture or a word or something comes to mind, you're going to share it with the other person. Okay? Just share it. And then the other person can say, yeah, that totally doesn't land at all. There's nothing there. You go, okay, it's fine. We're practicing. It's not a problem. Or maybe it lands. Maybe it's going to be something that's pivotal or important for them or something that's encouraging. Okay, remember when we're sharing words and that kind of stuff, we're not trying to do condemnation, right? That's not there. Mostly what, what we're doing is what Paul talked about in Corinthians, that these things are for the encouraging of each other, okay? So that's the invitation you have for you here. You can get in groups of two or three after the benediction and pray for each other and do that kind of thing. Pastor Amy and I will kind of be up here at the front, and if you want to come up, we'd love to pray for a word for you and see if uh, God downloads anything to us for you. Um, or if you want to practice, you can come up and you can pray for a word to share with us. We'd love to have that happen. So let me give you this benediction. Then you're dismissed and you're invited. If you'd like to stick around, you can do this little prayer exercise. So Jesus, we are so grateful that you are the God who speaks. And you've always been speaking and you continue to speak to this day. So we thank you that you love to speak to your children. And we are your sheep. We listen to your voice and we obey. Let us bless you, church, as you go out from here, that you will continue to hear the voice of your Heavenly Father, the voice of Jesus, the voice of the Holy Spirit, that you go out from here and be emboldened to share the gospel, the truth, the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone around. And so we just thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray these things in your powerful name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed and you're invited to jump into prayer. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.